Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Christian Celebration Center podcast. Our prayer is that this audio will encourage you in Christ and challenge you from God's Word. Enjoy the message. Would you please stand now for the reading of God's Word? And we are jumping back into a series that I started a few weeks ago called Names. And we are looking at the several names of God that we see in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, which was a prophetic announcement about Jesus. And today, we will continue with this series, Isaiah chapter 9. If you're not there already, please turn there. And I will begin by reading just one verse, verse number 6. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And Lord, over these next few moments, I pray that you would give us greater understanding of who you are. So that we might trust you even more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. George Washington Carver was a brilliant inventor and scientist in the early 1900s. Uh, But first and foremost, he was a follower of Jesus. He had given his life to the Lord at a young age. The book Draw the Circle records that Carver routinely got up at 4 o'clock a.m. out of his bed and went into the woods in order to talk to the Lord and ask him about the mysteries of nature. And God answered him one day during one of those long early morning conversations. George Washington Carver shares it like this in his own words. I asked God, why did you make the universe, Lord? God replied, ask for something more in proportion with that little mind of yours. Okay. I said, why did you make man? Far too much, far too much. Ask again. Explain to me, Carver said, why you made the plants, Lord. God said, well, your little mind still wants to know far too much. The peanut? I asked meekly. Yes, God answered. For your modest proportions, I will grant you the mystery of the peanuts. Take it inside your lavatory and separate it into water, fats, oils, gums, resins, sugars, starches, and amino acids. Then recombine these under my three laws of compatibility, temperature, and pressure. Then you will know why I made the peanut. And on January 20, 1921, George Washington Carver testified before the House Ways and Means Committee on behalf of the United Association of Peanuts for America. They gave him 10 minutes. An hour and 40 minutes later, the committee said to him he could come back anytime he wanted and take as much time as he needed. Carver mesmerized the committee by demonstrating a myriad of ingenious uses for the peanut. Everything from glue to shaving cream to soap to insecticide to cosmetics to linoleum to wood stains and even to fertilizer. God mentioned that he knows everything in the word and he revealed some of that to George Washington Carver. Now, my understanding is that as George Washington Carver shared all the uses of the peanut, he did not mention the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, which I personally think is one of the greatest uses of a peanut. But that was invented just a few years later. In all, Carver discovered more than 300 uses for the peanut. And those 300 uses of the peanut were not good ideas. 
They were God ideas. And in fact, those God ideas helped to energize a struggling economy in our country at that time, which caused there to be many, many jobs. I don't even know the number which affected so many families. So God ideas. Now, have you ever been in a place in your life when you needed a God idea? Like with your business. You're wondering, which, which way should I go with this? I need a God idea. Maybe in, in your family, maybe it's just a decision. If you're going to get married, you need a God idea. You need God's guidance. You're in a, a place in your life maybe where it's a season where you need a word from God in order just to make it through that season, to know what his direction is, what his guidance is, what his advice might be. We probably have all been there, and many of us are there even right now, where we need a word from God. Well, around 700 B.C., God gave a man named Isaiah a word from God. It was a word actually for all the nations of the world that existed then and would exist. It was a word, and this was it. God was coming to planet Earth. Get ready. In Isaiah chapter 9, phenomenal messianic prophetic word about Jesus that Jesus has fulfilled shows us even several specific names for God. We've read it already and in fact we sang it just a few moments ago. But in verse 6 of chapter 9, God said, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And these names of God, they're listed in this one verse, but the names of God listed throughout scripture, they're not just titles. They are reality, the reality of who God is. And as we lean into who he is, we are better equipped to understand what he provides for us and how he wants to relate to us and, in fact, how he wants to help us. From this passage, as we're in this series now and this week, we focus in on one of these titles, and it's Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. The word wonderful in the Hebrew here means marvelous, but understand it's not an adjective as we use it in English. In fact, in the original Hebrew, wonderful here is a noun. It is a standalone title of our God, which says he is extraordinary, which says that he is so extraordinary we can't even grasp how extraordinary he is. That's what this means, and it means supernatural. The word counselor comes from a root word called yawats, which basically means a number of things. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take this word on which the title and reality of counselor comes from in the Hebrew and put it under the Hebrew microscope and say, okay, what are the meanings that we see? What are the layers of this word? Because I believe it's going to encourage you today as you realize even more who God is and how he wants to affect your life. The first one that we'll look at is this. It speaks of advice. It speaks of advice. The supernatural counselor advises you when you don't know what to do. He advises you when you don't know what to do, and we've all been there. I don't know which way to go. I, I don't know. How should we discipline the kids? I, I don't know. You might be in a place right now where you're like, where do I send my kids for their education? Do I keep them home? Do I not? What do I do? Every single one of us have faced times in our life when we absolutely don't know what to do. Joseph a man that we read about often at this time of year was one of those guys who didn't know what to do. He was in the one-year waiting period after uh, being betrothed to his wife, Mary. And in their process with Jewish custom, it was going to be a year-long wait until they actually came together to consummate that union and live in the same home. And so they lived in separate places and separate homes. And it was in that year that he finds out that Mary is pregnant. And in that moment... 
Joseph's world comes crashing down. He doesn't know what he is going to do. He has no idea what he is going to do. He knew that he was not the father. He listened to his dad share the birds and the beasts story when he was little. So he knows how it works and it wasn't him. And Mary's saying it wasn't anybody else. And so he doesn't literally know what to do. Confused, broken, at wit's end, at a fork in the road. And it was in those moments of not knowing what to do, he falls asleep and God gives him a dream. And in the dream, the Lord says to him, look, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife for what is in her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, his name will be Jesus, and he will save this world of their sins. In the moment that Joseph didn't know what to do, the wonderful counselor gave him the advice of exactly what he needed to do. And that's what our wonderful counselor does. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 6 says, The Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. We serve an active God. We serve a God who is speaking things into existence. We serve a God who has spoken things into existence for the Wisdom and the understanding of God comes from his mouth. He gives it to us. He grants it to us. He offers it to us. And in the New Testament, we, we get to read this description about our scriptures where it says all scripture is God-breathed. It's from his mouth. And what we hold in our hands right here is God-breathed. What we hold in our hands right here is something that it's a, it's a privilege to even hold it. It's a privilege to even read it. There are house churches right now in other countries that are hidden that are, are trying to just survive. They are going in the middle of the night, afraid of being caught, worried about being caught. They're going in the middle of the night, going for miles on foot in order to show up in, uh, in someone's little home in order to have a service and have a worship time with some other believers. And in that service, they might have one page from one Bible. And they treasure it with their life. We have a privilege to hold the word of God, which has been spoken into existence. And it is the counsel that we need. His word is timeless, it is true, it is trustworthy every single day. And if you are operating in your life without consistently being in the word of God, I would say you are going through life like you have a flat tire. You ever been driving with one of those? And it's down to the rim, you shouldn't even be driving on, but it's like boom, 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 boom. And you're like, something is wrong, something is wrong. And you say, well, Pastor Keith, you're saying my life is messed up. No, I'm not saying your life is messed up. I'm just saying the word of God is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. And God has offered to give you wisdom and understanding straight from his mouth, straight to your ears if you would receive it. And my question is, why would you not? Why would you not? When will we get sick of watching so many YouTube videos, Right? When will we get sick of hearing our neighbors or our friends give all their opinions on everything and that becomes our counsel? See, there's so much counsel in the world right now. Understand, the counsel of the world is apart from the wisdom of God. The counsel of the world are the ideas and values and societal norms that are not influenced by God. They are in rebellion against God. And that doesn't mean every video and every person that talks to you with their opinion is not speaking the wisdom of God. I'm just saying there's a lot out there that's not the wisdom of God. And God says, I will give you my wisdom if you would but open up the word. 
revises us when we don't know what to do. Circle back for a moment to George Washington Carver as he testified before the House Ways and Means Committee about peanuts. The chairman asked him, Dr. Carver, how did you learn all of these things? Carver answered, from an old book. Oh, which book? And when Carver answered, the Bible, the chairman of the federal committee says, does the Bible tell you about peanuts? Carver respectfully said, no, sir. But it tells about the God who made the peanut. And I asked him to show me why he made the peanut, and he did. If you're at an impasse in your life, a fork in the road, maybe it's with your business, it's with your family, it's with a financial decision, this word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Supernatural, wonderful counselor offers you advice when you don't know what to do. That's the meaning we get from this word. A, a second meaning that we'll look at under the Hebrew microscope is, uh, is really the word guidance. And what we see is that the extraordinary, supernatural, marvelous counselor gives guidance when, when we don't know where to go. It's one thing if you don't know what to do. It's another thing if you don't know where to go. We see in Scripture that uh, God offers us the wisdom that we need to know where to go. It reminds me a little bit of when I go to Walmart and I'm going to pick up a few things and I call Lacey up. I'm like, hey, I'm just going to grab a couple things. I'll be home in a little bit. And she's like, hey, while you're there, can you pick up this, this, and this? Anybody ever been there and heard that? I'm like, sure, no big deal. And I walk into this big store and I immediately I, I got to call her and I'm like, I don't see that anywhere. And she's like, where are you at? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm here with the shopping carts here at the front. It's like going a little further, I go in there, I see checkout and, um, oh, Reese's peanut butter cup right there, I'm a little distracted and gum. She's like, okay, you got to go a little further. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not completely. And so I, I'm going through there and, and I was like, I don't know where it's at. And so she gives me play-by-play instructions. She's at home or she's driving and she can see the entire store of Walmart in her mind. This grid, it's just laid out. And so she's like, all right. You want to go straight down this aisle, oh, stop, take a quick left, there's a piece of gum there on the floor, and keep going down, aisle three, go down, it's the fourth shelf from the top to your right, go to the left a little bit, there's something red there, pick up the blue one right beside it. <laughs> she, she knows it. Now, you, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not completely. In fact, in fact, if you're ever at Walmart and you're shopping and you don't know where something is, say it out loud. Because it has happened at Walmart multiple times where someone's just like, man, I don't know where the whatever is. And Lacey just happens to be walking by. I don't, I don't know if you walk like that. Is that. And she stops and she's like, she doesn't even know these people. She's like, oh, it's, it's aisle 14. Just go to the left down here, da, da, da. And she tells them where it's at. My goodness, they need to give her a blue vest. God promises that, but way better. In life's big decisions, he has the ability to tell us where it's at that we, whatever we need. He's able to tell us exactly when we need what we need. He's able to give us play by play if we would but listen. He is able to order the steps of the righteous because that's our God. The wonderful counselor who guides us when we don't know where to go. In fact, Psalm chapter 32 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. This is a promise from God. 
write it down, memorize it, believe it. God promises I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Don't you, don't you just lean into that. Don't you just want to just like fall into the arms of your heavenly father when you hear that like God's got the supernatural compassion and the supernatural guidance all wrapped up together. And he's like, hey, I will counsel you. And I'm going to keep my loving eye on you. I'm going to help you. We see that even in Joseph's life. Wow, he had a dream about what to do. But then just two years later, he had a dream about where he should go. God gave him another dream. And it had been about two years. Jesus, the Christ child at that time, was about two years old. And so Herod, the king, had found out that the Christ child had been born, that the king had been born of the Jews. And so he's trying to annihilate all the little babies, all the little babies in that area. And God gives Joseph a dream and says, no, you need to get out, of, get out of Dodge here. Take Mary and the baby, get up, go. It's in the middle of the night and travel to Egypt, which he did. And then sometime later, Joseph has another dream. And a supernatural, wonderful counselor tells him, hey, you can go back to Israel now because that joker, Herod, that puppet of Satan, he's toast. He's out of the picture. It's safe. And so Joseph came back with Mary and Jesus. Supernatural, wonderful counselor. He guides you when you don't know where to go. And it's not just he does that for Joseph. And he doesn't just do it for George Washington Carver. I'm telling you, he wants to do it for you. He wants to do it in your life. He wants to guide you in the way that you should go. Isaiah chapter 30 says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, there will be a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Heavenly Father wants to speak into you, hey, this way, hey, this way. He's so good, he's so faithful, you can trust him. Lacey and I have had a number of where in the world uh, do you want us to go? What do you want us to do? Uh, moments in our life. And God has always been faithful. It hasn't always looked the same. There have been times when it's been like an imprint, like this is what we need to do. Okay, we're going to do it. We don't get it. We don't understand it, but okay. Other times it's like God just led just one step and then another step and then another step and another step. And we had such a peace through the process. God will guide you when you don't know where to go if you listen to him. The third meaning that I want to highlight of this word counselor, this title counselor, is really a word like this, predictions, foretelling, you know, looking ahead to the future. And the reality is that that wonderful counselor predicts what we didn't see coming. He just has a way of predicting what we didn't see coming. His predictions always come true. He can always see the future. It's just as easy for him to see the future as it is to see the past. He sees everything. In fact, Romans 11 says, it says it like this. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. I mean, the depth of God's wisdom is so deep, it's unlimited. You can never swim to the bottom. He sees and knows everything, full knowledge of everything. And so understanding that helps us to understand that nothing ever surprises God. Nothing. The trials that you're walking through right now, God's like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Nothing surprises him. Persecution in the world doesn't surprise him. Evil in the world, deception in the world doesn't surprise God. He's predicted all of it. Anti-Semitism doesn't surprise God. But haven't you been surprised? 
I know I have, at the visceral hatred that has erupted once again in our world against Jewish people. I mean, it's not just on one campus or in one city of the world. It is seemingly throughout the entire world, a pervasive hatred erupting once again. Understand, God is not surprised by that. He's not surprised that there are so many people calling for the extermination of the Jewish people. It's been shocking to me at the level that it's at right now. But it has not been shocking to God. Follow me here for a moment. In Genesis chapter 12, all the way back in the first book of the Bible, God spoke to a man named Abraham. And he called him to be the father of a nation. At that time, Abraham and his wife Sarah did not have any children of their own. But God spoke to him and said, hey, this is going to happen. I'm going to give you a son. And then he's going to have a son. It's going to continue. And you are going to be the father of a nation. God chose Abraham to be the father of the Jewish people. For out, from out of him would come the Jewish nation. And in that moment... God also let him know, if you read Genesis 12, you'll catch this, that God was basically saying there are going to be some people who bless your nation and there are going to be some people who curse your nation. It's going to happen, but guess what? I've got you. And God told Abraham that out of you is going to come a nation and then out of that nation, all of the nations of the earth will be blessed. Well, how's that? Well, we know it's Jesus. Jesus the Son of God, divine, would come as a child. And according to the flesh, he would be in the line of Abraham. He would be born a Jew. And so Abraham's seed was chosen. His line was chosen. He, out of him would come the nation of Israel, chosen as God's people, through which then all nations will be blessed. Well, on that day, in Genesis chapter 12, as it's recorded, on that day, the enemy heard what God was doing, that God was calling one nation out, that God was choosing one nation above all others in order to then bless every nation. The enemy heard that. So was it any surprise to God that anti-Semitism erupted in the earth? Should it be any surprise to us that Satan has unleashed the full onslaught of his hatred against the Jewish people? I don't know that it should surprise us. Why? Because God had chosen one nation, which means he didn't chose, choose all the others. And the enemy knew that. And from Genesis 12, anti-Semitism began. You'd think even as you fast forward from Genesis 12, some of the big hitters in, in the Old Testament as far as anti-Semitism um, um, uh, snapshots would be Pharaoh, king of Egypt, right? who tried to exterminate the Jews. You fast forward to other evil rulers, puppets of Satan. You fast forward to Haman. In Persia, who tried to take out the Jewish people, all of them. Fast forward to Herod, who was trying to kill all of the Jewish babies, male babies in that vicinity that he lived in. It's a genocide. You, you fast forward to, I mean, fast forward to the Russians. Fast forward to uh, the Nazis. Fast forward to Hamas. Fast forward to all other terrorist, other terrorist organizations, but more so certain political leaders of nations of our world who are joining with protesters around the world and they're joining with Hitler and Pharaoh and they're joining with Haman and they're joining with other evil puppets of Satan 
with the chant, kill the Jews. And it's been happening since Genesis chapter 12. God chose one nation to be his chosen people, out of which all nations will be blessed. Understand, anti-Semitism is not just political. Anti-Semitism is demonic in nature. Understand, God is not surprised, though. He predicted all of this all the way back in Genesis 12 that this was going to take place. You fast forward to Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. There is a powerful passage there about what is coming on this earth. About a, a time when, and it seems like we might even be getting close to it, right? Time when, when certain nations, many nations of the world will gather and move toward and around Israel in order to wipe Israel off the map. You can read it, Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. But God predicted all of this would happen, and we know God always has the final word. Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 7 says this, God speaking, I will make known my holy name among my people Israel. He's talking about in that moment when the nations come against Israel to wipe them out. God steps in. I don't even think he's going to have to move his foot. He's going to be like, yeah, it's time now. He says, I will make known my holy name, talking about in that day, among my people Israel. I will no longer let my name be profaned, and the nations will know that I, the Lord, and the Holy One in Israel. It is coming. It will surely take place, declares the sovereign Lord. This is the day I have spoken of. And I wonder if in that day, Romans 11 would then be fulfilled. In that same day, Romans chapter 11, it's a great passage. I don't understand all of Romans 11. However, in verse, I believe, 25 through 27, Paul the Apostle says this. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery. And whenever I hear the word mystery in Scripture, it encourages me because, like, I'm not getting this. It's a mystery. Okay. He says, I want you to not be ignorant of this mystery. Israel has experienced a hardening in part. We've seen that. Until a full number of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. And then Paul shares this prophetic word from the Old Testament. And this is my covenant with them, God says, when I take away their sins. Here's the thing. God will fulfill his covenants. He will fulfill his covenants. It has been written. It has been spoken. And it will come to pass. And, and someone called the church just recently to ask if CCC was pro-Israel. And uh, my response is this, in a word, yes, we are pro-God's chosen people. However, that doesn't mean that, that I or, or, or we as a church would, would support and applaud every decision that a secular government makes. Right? I still haven't read of or seen a government that is righteous in all of its deeds. Israel has had a hardening of heart. And they have a track record of turning from God, if you've ever read the Old Testament. But regardless, we are called in Psalm 122 to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Add it to your prayer list. It's biblical. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We are to pray for Jews and non-Jews to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ before he comes, before it's too late. And we are to pray and look for the return of Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior. See, God will fulfill his covenants. And our wonderful supernatural counselor who gives advice when we don't know what to do, gives guidance when we don't know where to go, predicts even what we didn't see coming. He predicts it and it will 
take place. Jesus Christ will return for his church. There will be an antichrist. There will be a great deception, great destruction, and a great judgment. And then there's going to be a full restoration of all God's goodness to be experienced by every believer in Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, wonderful counselor, predicted it. It will take place. God has already set these things in motion. God, the wonderful counselor. One more layer to this word and title, counselor in the Old Testament, and it's the word decisions. It brings out the meaning of this, that, that God determines, he makes decisions. God determines this, what we truly need. God determines what we truly need. Jesus said this in John chapter 14. I will ask the Father. So here we have Jesus, Son of God, saying, I'm going to talk to Father God. And what? And he will give you another advocate. Some translations say comforter, some helper, some counselor. Meaning the Holy Spirit, Son of God. I'm going to ask Father God to send Holy Spirit of God to come. Look at this. To help you, to be with you forever. The world cannot accept the spirit of truth because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I love that. Helps you, will be with you, lives with you, and will be in you. What promises that we are given. That the wonderful counselor is not just this, this thought, this title from a long time ago. This is reality if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ. That when you are born again... When you come to faith in Jesus and you surrender your life to him, boom, in that moment, Holy Spirit of God comes into you. And man, he's got a work to do, right? <laughs> he's got a lot to do in me, a lot to do in you. That's the, the, the work of sanctification where the Holy Spirit's at work in us. And we, in partnership, trust, obey, surrender, repent, etc., etc., etc. Holy Spirit of God in us. That, what that means is that we then have constant access to God. We have constant communion with him. Constantly, we are in his presence. And you, sometimes you might feel like you're not in his presence. Well, if you're a believer, it's not because God left the station. It's not because God is not in you. You just need to, and I just need to lean in more. Get our hearts there so we're receptive. So we're leaning in, leaning in, leaning in to him. And that happens often through worship, through prayer, fasting, repentance, spending time in the word, even being around other Christ followers. So many ways that we can experience more of the presence of the Holy Spirit who is in us. To help us, to lead us, to guide us, and never to leave us. It's this wisdom that this wonderful counselor wants to impart to you. And the question then is, well, how do I, as a follower of Jesus, who houses the Holy Spirit as a temple... How, how do I access this wisdom? How do I tap into that wisdom? Because God has all wisdom, all knowledge. H how do I get some of that? When I'm trying to decide where to send my kids for school or when, when I um, am struggling in, in this relationship, when I'm trying to decide do I invite them over for Christmas dinner or not, uh, I'm trying to decide if, if I should make this decision with my business. Should we, should we take a big step forward? Should we, should we take a step back? Should we pivot right or left? What should we do? What major should I choose in college? What direction should I go with my life? 
You see what I'm saying? Just the day-in, day-out decisions that we need to make. How do we tap into the wisdom of God? And there is so much that could be said here. I'm still learning myself. But I really felt like in coming to the end of this message that I just needed to boil it down to a couple things, practically speaking, that we can do today, tomorrow, the next day, to tap into the wisdom of God. It's two words that I'll reference just briefly. Humility and time. Humility and time. See, humility is just saying, God, I need you. So many times we're going off making all these decisions, doing all this stuff. Humility says, no, God, I need you. I need wisdom on how to deal with this. I need wisdom on how to talk to this person. I need wisdom to know what direction we should go. It's humility. It takes humility to really tap into the wisdom of God. And some of us aren't good at admitting need. At admitting that we need help. How many have found it hard to go to your spouse and be like, you know, I have no idea what to do here. Um, I I need you to help me. And what you tell me, I'm going to go do. I, I don't even know what to do right now. Would you please help me? That takes a lot of humility. And that's what it takes with God is a humble heart. says, Lord, I'm humbling myself before you. I need you. I need a word from God. I need direction. I need wisdom to know what to do. The other word I reference is time. This is very, very important. Because we are a fast-paced, get-or-done, quick-access-to-information generation. I wonder how many of us this past week got frustrated because our microwave was taking too long. I mean, let's just be honest. We used to say we're a microwave society. No, we're way past that. We're way past that. 30 seconds, are you serious? You know how many sports stories I can read in 30 seconds? Instant access to some knowledge, biased knowledge, but not instant access to wisdom. And we're not talking just about knowledge here. We're talking about God's wisdom. Big difference. The kingdom of this world is instant access to information via Google, AI, whatever it might be. Understand, that's kingdom of this world. The kingdom of God does not operate anything like that. The kingdom of God is led by a king. So we do not dictate God how quickly I need this information. Come on, God, 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 I prayed about this for 30 seconds. Come on, come on, come on, come on, tell me. He's the king. The king can do whatever he wants to do. The king can take however long he wants to take because he's the king. The kingdom of this world says we're kings. The kingdom of God says there is one king. So we come before him when we need wisdom, when we need advice, when we need guidance. We come before him in his word. We humble our hearts and say, God, I need you. I need you. I I need to know what to do. Would you please help me? I I don't know what to do. I need you to tell me what to do. And then we give him time. We slow down. For me, so many times in my life, I go to God for something. Am I not here? Go to God again. And then I go to God again. Keep seeking and I keep asking and I go to God again. Here's what you can bank on in your life. If you needed to know it yesterday, he would have told you. And it is possible that he tried to tell you and you weren't listening. 
Just saying. But you can bank on the fact that we have a God who wants to counsel you with his loving eye on you. He wants to speak to you, whether you're turning to the right or to the left and say, this is the way, walk in it. That's our God. That's our wonderful counselor who grants us advice when we don't know what to do, guidance when we don't know where to go. That's our God. Humility, God, I need you, and time. God, I'm willing to wait on you, and I trust that you're going to give me the answer when I need it. That answer might be an open door. That answer might be a closed door. Both are great, by the way, because we want God's will. It, it might be a burden that you feel about something. It might be a passion. It might be an imprint that you just can't get away from. It, it could be a word that someone shares for God to you. And then you weigh it with the word and see if it lines up. If it doesn't, you throw it out and kick that person. And send them away. No, I'm joking. Don't do that. Be nice to them. But you, you, you weigh it by looking at the word. It, it, could be, it could be an idea that you've never thought of before. And you're like, Okay, I'm just going to take it to prayer. And then it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. It's a God idea. For me, the way that I hear from the Lord often is, is clarity. Pray about something. There's so many times I'm in here praying during the week. Just praying. Hmm, I don't, I don't, okay. I, I'm not really knowing. Praying again, praying again. And then there comes a point that something the Lord wants me to do. There's clarity. And I'm like, I can't explain the reasons, but I, I just, I know this is what I need to do. It's clarity. And when wonderful counselor is speaking to you and leading you and guiding you, whether it's a dream, it's a vision, it's a promise from scripture, whatever, whatever, however the Lord uses it. But if he's speaking to you in that moment, giving you clarity, you will also experience this, peace. If you're not experiencing peace, then God is not asking you to move forward. And if you're trying to move forward and you're not experiencing peace, stop moving forward. He is so good, wonderful counselor, because he knows everything, and giving you clarity and giving you peace. But it takes humility. Sometimes it takes time to seek him. But listen, we can come up with good ideas all over the place, right? But God ideas are worth waiting for. God's direction on what to do with your kids. God's direction on what to do with your future. God's direction on where to move to or where not to move to. God's direction on that financial transaction, that purchase, that repair. Should it be now? Should it be later? God, God ideas are way better than anything else. God ideas. And that's what we want. And wonderful counselor says, you know what? From my mouth comes all wisdom and understanding. And I'm going to speak to you as you listen. I want to just ask if you would to bow your heads for this moment. And I'd like to just ask, how, how many of us in this place, very simply, you're in a season right now, a situation right now, whatever it might be. Maybe you're, you're 18 and you're praying about your future or you're, you're 28 and you're thinking about this or that or 38, making look, thinking about making a change. It could be something big. It could be something very, very small. But how many of you are in a season right now where you just need God's wisdom for something? You just slip up a hand? Yeah, lots of us. You need God's wisdom. You need God's wisdom. Would everybody please stand? I'm going to invite the worship team to, to come on up if they would at this time. And really what's on my heart um, coming into today's service was to, to share more about who God is. <laughs> and then give opportunity for us to respond in the altars. And so um, if, if you raised your hand, 
like, hey, you need God's wisdom for something. I always encourage you, if you're physically able, whether out at the balcony or the main floor, would you just come to the front? Just kind of come to the front for a few moments together to pray. If you, if you lifted a hand, you're physically able, I just encourage you, if you'd be willing, to come to the front, just to take that step of faith, take that step in your life of saying, you know what? I'm going to humble myself in order to seek the Lord. The worship team is going to lead us in a song. And after that, if you want to stay and pray, probably people walking around praying for people, praying for you even. God will give you wisdom. And I believe God's going to begin to reveal to you. Whether it's today, tomorrow, or the next day, he's going to reveal in his timing. It's his timing. As you seek him, he is so perfectly faithful. I want to pray for you. Worshiping will lead us in a song and we'll worship together in a heart of humility of preparing our hearts and then a time of seeking the Lord. Whenever uh, anyone needs to leave, uh, feel free to go. We won't have an official dismissal. But Lord, I pray right now that you would just do what you've promised. And that is be the imparter of wisdom. Lord, this week as we open up your word, even in these moments as we worship you and seek you, Lord, I pray that you would bring clarity, revelation. That you would bring a, a freshness, Lord, to our understanding in this situation. That we will be able to see clearly in a way that we've never been able to see before. God, you have promised you are faithful. And I pray that you would do it in our midst, even today. Even today. Even today. Thank you for listening. You know, we believe God has something amazing in store for you today. And now is the perfect time to take a few moments and pray about what you just heard. If this message spoke to you, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to office at cccmidland.com or connect with us on your favorite social media at cccmidland.